0: Find a location near you at Bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello, so I'm joining you today from York on a bit of a dodgy connection. I'm on holiday, but FPL never stops and neither do we, as we hear. Well, mostly, uh, most of the way through double game week 34, just one game left to go. Well, actually, I say that Leeds and Crystal Palace are on tonight, but I think they're mostly FPL irrelevant. So just one kind of mostly FPL relevant game to go in the shape of uh, United and Chelsea on Thursdays So the week is mostly done. I'm on holiday this week, so slightly shorter pods. And also, I've not got a microphone with me, so apologies if there's any sort of dodgy sound or anything like that. Can't be helped, Does happen kind of once or twice a season. Joined by Harry again, how are you doing? How was Fest?
0: Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Just about recovered from Fest, but no, it was a really good evening. Great to meet lots of listeners and lots of other members of the community. So yeah, I had a really, really nice evening on Friday and already bought my ticket for the next one in, in August. Ready to go again. So, diving straight in. Yeah, it's been... An interesting game week. Some slightly less entertaining matches, I think, will go through this far so far this weekend. Uh, but still, some FPL points have been scored, unlike some of the game weeks that we've had in the not too recent recent past. We are who got the assist? You can find Tom at WGTA underscore FPL. You can find myself at FPL underscore Harry. On this week's pod, we'll do the usual bits, midweek update on how we are doing so far. We will do a mini league update, a little bit on the market forces, and then we will have a bit of a discussion based on the things that we've spoken about on motivation, but a bit more of a calm before the storm approach and how we can talk about the final three game weeks of the season, really 36, 37, 38, because it feels like a lot of us are taking 35 and a bit of our stride and see what we can do there, but a bit more of a focus on those final three game weeks and how we can maybe. Maybe use them to get exactly where we want to come the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I just, I just feel like when we get to this point of the year, it's less about sort of you know, creating grandiose strategies, looking at kind of the big macro ticket issues, and it is more and more about looking at the little things which push you through to through those final sort of three or four game weeks. That's what that's what we're going to do, especially just because I'm away, so less preparation needed this time. We're going to push through. The whole lot and also there's gonna be no kind of discrete listening questions bit just because most of it does sort of fit in um to, to what we're going to be talking about today let's t- talk about the game week that's just gone or it's ongoing i suppose and harry you did wild card in the end you were flirting with the wild card of free hit you went for the wild card talk us through how that's gone for you
0: yeah so after what was a very good game week game week last week. If I haven't mentioned enough times to people, it was a very good game week last week. Um, I decided to go with the wild card. Didn't think the free hit gave me enough of an upside going into this week. And I'm probably quite glad that I didn't because I think some of the changes that I would have made going into this week would have been, for example, Saka probably wouldn't have been on my free hit, for example, 69 points so far. So going very, very well. Michael came in with his eight. I have big at the back. So that sort of five wing back formation, no James so far. Cancelo with a one. Alonso came in with a 10, very late assist, clean sheets and bonus points for him, which was great. Might end up keeping him now. And we'll talk about that later on. Trent with a five, Robertson, a big 15, Saka with a 13. Havertz with a captaincy, still another game to go, but was not particularly impressed by his performance the first time around. But, a pretty good start, and if James doesn't show, I've got a cheeky Dennis five-pointer sat first on my bench. Uh, good. I think keeping
1: Saka, especially, is one which is a, a bit of a differential from a lot of people who did wildcard. I remember Nick, for example, I saw we were both at the wedding together on Saturday. He was like, oh, Saka's absolutely bony, man, because he removed him on the wildcard, and, and suddenly there he is with the first-team pointer.
0: Yeah, it was one of my decisions that went right to the wire. It was Saka versus Kulisevsky, Um, And the other one was Son versus Kane. Son versus Kane didn't make much of a difference. I went with Son. But yeah, Saka versus Kulusevski. I was very happy Saturday morning that I made that decision.
1: Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, decent. Um, so yeah, waiting for Havertz. Same as me, waiting for Havertz. So 56 for me this week. Uh, took a minus four. Brought in Havertz, the man himself and also brought in Ben Davis and um, brought him in um, as kind of the, uh, the, the kind of enabler um, to make that move happen uh, unfortunately I have put Davis second sub and I've got Breuer first sub that is literally a product of the fact that I had to leave to go to the wedding otherwise I would have put him over i just ran out of time basically and so 56 points so uh, Ramsdale finally got a save point hooray in goal uh, Laporte uh, blanked obviously but Robertson with a 15 point so I've had had him since game week 24 and he's just been my star player by miles amazing amazing output from him trent alongside him with just the five in midfield martinelli annoying didn't play against So he got the one point and start against Nice at the one pointer. and uh, um, havertz and salah matching on the sixes uh, havertz because it's doubled of course sack with the 13 and kielicevsky and kane blanked i also have chris chris woods um who did not play and um, unfortunately broyer is off my bench rather than davis um uh, it Was a very close call. Um, but hey, Davis was the one who, who ended up taking bets just because I didn't have time to look at my team again. But hey, you can't make too many uh, you can't you can't complain too much. Um I think I'm up to about 180k or something like that. Um, uh, this needs need to have us do something, anything against Man United. but it seems like they're a great source of points at the moment. Hopefully, I'll be looking at a return from him. Um eternal three, four, hopefully from him, uh, come Thursday. That's for sure. Right. And the mini league update, um, we are most of the way through the game week. Up top is still Hakon Mangushner's. 43 points this week, only for him, for Hakon, who's been the runaway leader for quite a while. He's still 33 points ahead of second, but nonetheless, it's quite a weak week thus far. A Havertz captain for him, and he also brought in Reese James, uh, did really good for James, um, and obviously has not seen Reese play. Up second is Troy Hope, lucky profit, 59 points, minus four. Salah captain for him, so 12 points for him. Havertz was the vice-captain. He also brought in Alonso as well, which is probably why he's up to the 59. In third, Ryan, just Ryan Mackey. And then he's been in and around the top 10 for the whole season. Um, 70 points minus four from him. Mountain captain this week, again, brought in Alonso. In fourth, up from eighth, James Code. Finally, he's breached that top five. It's Bruno, number one, 64 points for him. Uh, Havertz, captain, another one who unfortunately brought in James. Probably hope people are looking at him and wondering, hmm, is he going to play against Man United? We'll see. It, down from fourth to fifth, it's needs to joke in Lengroff, fifty-two minus four. Another Habits captain there. Be a bit relieved though. He vice Bruno Fernandes in fifth, uh, equal fifth, I should say. That Sam McAfee, Santiago Munez, it, it hit another mountain captain that he moved mountain this week. In 7th up from ninth, Steve Jones is what it is, 59 points, another Mount captainer. In 8th, down from 2nd, it's the brother's Grimmsby, Chris Turner. Bit of a weak week, unfortunately. 41 points, minus 8, brought in Werner, brought in Mount, brought in James, has yet to see a return from that big Chelsea triple up, but could go either way against United. In ninth, it's in Curran, the special one, uh, Mount captain again, took a minus 12 this week, 62 minus 12, brought in Sterling, Mount for Lonzo, and I think he did a goalkeeper and they the transfer And bringing in Foster, not quite worked out here. And finally, up from 12th to 10th is Shakes and Weights, Robert Paul, 63 months for another one who brought in Mount and Havertz, um, Captain Havertz, too, like we did. Um, But yeah, all on Thursday for that, I think. And the market forces, it's a bit ridiculous, isn't it, at the moment, Harry? It's very, very reactionary given who's top.
0: Yeah, it is. But actually, I know last week when we looked at the market forces, there was a very slow number of transfers happening going into game week 34. The numbers that we're seeing going into game week 35 are quite a bit bigger than we saw this time last week. But they're not for necessarily players that I would think that there would be big transfers in for. We've got Jesus top again. The maximum number of bonus points I think we've ever on the bonus point system, I think he got 128, which I think is probably a record. I think people have tried to have a look at it, but he's had 57,000 transfers in. Second comes Matty Cash, which I can see with Villa's upcoming run of fixtures, you can understand why he's in there. Probably the best defensive pick. And if you look at transfers out, Rudiger being number one on that list with 71,000 transfers out means that him to the likes of matty cash is definitely definitely a popular transfer elsewhere on transfers on transfers in we've got in nice cheap option seems to be starting for arsenal at the moment a okay run of fixtures and then that double that they do have in 36 dennis comes in fourth picking up an assist against manchester city now has burnley before a decent double and then Watkins comes in fifth, with again, as we'll talk about, Aston Villa, potentially one of those that people will be looking to invest in, given Norwich followed by a double double.
1: Yeah. Team shapes definitely changing um, to suit that double double setup. As you mentioned, Rudiger being sold, likes of Kane and Son being sold, Antonio being sold as well. Wow, people have still held him all this time. I mean, I can't imagine there's been a big influx of buys recently. So, you know, why have 30,000 people now decided, hey, this is the time I'm going to sell Antonio? Not after all of the blanks that we saw for up the course of like, the last few months. No, now is the time these people decide to sell. Very, very, very strange. I, I'll, never, I'll never understand the market forces. I never will. And as you said, um, yeah, Saka and the likes of Saka, Madison, Kulishevsky being sold in the midfield, just to accommodate these players who have the double-double. Yeah, interesting all round. I think that's probably worth kind of meditating on this week, as mentioned as part of kind of the main topic. So, just the timestamp we are recording during Crystal Palace League United, and that we've also got the Thursday game to come. Hopefully, there's been no big injury or in the Champions League or in any other competition something like that I was going to kind of uh, pull the rug from under this too much. But I think it's really interesting just to talk about like kind of how we're kind of setting up, as Harry said in, in the. Uh, in the calm before the storm, thinking about those doubles going forward. And I think just to kind of give context of why this is important, why this is worth talking about, it's kind of just to start at the end, which is a bit strange, but I, I mean, I was looking, Harry, at where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do because I saw my bench boost there and I'm looking at kind of, you know, game week 36 and the needs considered players from teams that we've both said, yeah, these guys are on the beach. And... I think people who are wildcarding this week, you know, for game week 35, so they're on wildcard now, and perhaps those last week, like yourself, will need a plan for some of these teams. The likes of Aston Villa, Everton, the teams who doubled in 36 and 37. If you don't have a free hit left, you're going to probably maybe need some of those guys. And I was looking at it and I was kind of rolling my eyes a bit at it, really, no, considering that we were saying earlier on, well, just not very really long ago at all, that. These are teams, these are players that we'd be writing off as being kind of not being motivated anymore. I mean, you, you kind of always say, yeah, there's a yeah, but about any player that you can say. But especially around now when we think about on the beach, it's one of those things which seems a bit counter uh, counterintuitive to be looking at buying in the play- players from these teams. Like Andrew at Real Deal asked us you know, which teams are going on holiday Is there any upside to choosing teams who are choosing players from teams who are on the beach? Or is there any sort of counter-argument why, apart from they've got more games, that could sell a player who is on the beach to you, Harry? (laughs) It's a tough one.
0: Yeah, it is tough. And it's there were three teams that have the double double, which I think this applies quite a lot to. And I think they split out actually quite separately once you break them down a little bit. And that is Aston Villa. You then have Leicester and then you have Everton as well. So three t- three teams there that I think people will really be looking at this week and next week. Aston Villa particularly this week because they play Norwich at home this week. So it makes a lot of sense to invest in them. That's why we've seen Watkins and Cash be high up the potential transferred in. Whereas the other two, Everton have Chelsea and Leicester have Tottenham, means they're probably waiting a week. but are still, still on our radars and they'll be looking at who those assets are. Now, for me... Leicester fall into they're too far on the beach for me to go and invest in and we've seen it countless times over the past game weeks that they might have double game weeks. you already saw it in game week 33 that it's so difficult to see any of their main assets playing twice in a double let alone four games in two game weeks I think if you were to get three matches out of any outfield player for Leicester you'd have done very well given the rotation they've seen. Schmeichel is still a good option, but my worry with him is if the rotation in front of him is going to happen every single game, it doesn't help their defensive solidity, although they did keep a clean sheet this week. Leicester, for me, we'll do the other two in a minute in Everton and Villa, but Leicester, I could not see investing in them unless it is Schmeichel. Vardy coming back, the rotation up front. Dewsbury Hall maybe is going to play them, but we'll talk about some cheap options from the two teams in a minute that... I would probably favour over Leicester at the moment. I just can't. If I had them as well, I'd probably look to ship them off as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what I did this week. Sold Ashley, uh, not Ashley Barnes, that's the wrong Barnes, isn't it? I sold Harvey Harvey Barnes uh, for Havertz just because I couldn't, as I said last week, see him playing all the games. Um, and I, I just could not trust his expected minutes, basically. Um, I mean, I think Schmeichel was, as you said, the only pick I'd ever be considering from Leicester, that's for sure. But even they, over the last six game weeks, are further from bottom in terms of expected goals conceded. So it's not as if it's the strongest defence in the world because of the chopping and changing that we're seeing. And on the flip side, in terms of expected goals from open play, they're not doing too badly. But they're, not, they're not a team that because you can't trust them to have those minutes on the field, any of their assets, despite kind of if it was in the vacuum, if there were kind of no other obligations, they would perhaps still be on the beach. We'd still be kind of thinking of them as being sort of players who perhaps there's nothing else to play for. But if now that they have that sort of the extra factor of the ECL, the conference league hanging around, there's just no way you can trust anything from them at all, effectively. And I think that that kind of just writes them off a bit. But on the flip side... You do have Aston Villa, who a lot of people are beginning to look at a bit more. And I've certainly seen wildcard drafts hanging around, which have got Cash and Coutinho and Ollie Watkins all in one sort of thing, just because of the minutes And I'm also looking at Coutinho in for this week for the habits, actually, funnily enough, because he's got Norwich and then he's got two double game weeks in a row. And Sam F. Price, he says, you know, now we're approaching the final stretch of the season. At what point would you recommend targeting more aggressive, just differential picks to chase her rank in the hope of positive variance occurring? Like With Coutinho, what can I say? What can I dig out from the data to recommend this person to you? Not very much. Not very much at all. I mean, he, he's got games to play. And Gerard has said, uh, said in the press conference that with all due respect to the next teams, he expects him to find more space and be able to do more in those games. Plus, there's always the hashtag narrative of him playing Liverpool in game week 36. But like, we're entering a period, I think, now where there's not really much that I can say in the data for these players. It's the Bruno thing, isn't it? Where It's just like it can happen on the day.
0: Yeah, and I suppose with the you know, with your Aston Villa guys, it could happen on the day, and they've got four days in which it could happen. Compared to in theory, if you're selling Havertz, yes, they've got a double. But if we are predicting a lot of rotation from Chelsea in that Leeds game before the FA Cup final, he's got four games to do it in comparison to the two games for Havertz now. If they don't have quite as much to play for, will the likes of Bailey, Buendia, potentially Ings, you know, get the odd game in one of those three? But I still think with the Norwich fixture as well, they do become very investable. So they don't have that much to play for in terms of the league, but they don't have a focus elsewhere, which is the big difference for me to what Aston Villa makes them investable and it makes Leicester not investable. Because we know that, for example, this week against Tottenham, that falls in between the two legs that they've got in, in Europe. And I can see mass rotation in them really not focusing on that Tottenham game and really trying to push for Europe. And again, that's my issue with Leicester, whereas Aston Villa, although the Premier League position isn't going to fluctuate that much and they don't really have that much to push for, I can't see them throwing all their eggs in, they don't have another basket to throw their eggs into so I do like them as you said Matty Cash is definitely one that I look at especially now that Dean is out Ashley Young will probably end up playing probably three of the four in the double but again his aging legs is he going to be able to field all four Martinez in goal is not a bad one if you were on wild card this week going Martinez over going Schmeichel given the Leicester defensive numbers could be a way that you go. Again, I like Coutinho. A lot of midfielders we are competing with is the only thing. It's Watkins is competing with a lot of other less valuable forwards up front. And then the other one is Jacob Ramsey again. So we spoke about Dewsbury Hall briefly and he may start all four, but Jacob Ramsey probably ranks just above him for me. Again, playing quite advanced. We know he's capable of hauling in individual games more than Jewsbury Hall is. Dewsbury Hall's done it once in that double, but... I do quite like him as an option. I don't really have space in him for my in my team. And my team's not a very good advocate for Villa because it doesn't have any and it doesn't plan on having any come the game week 36 deadline, I don't think. Chance of Coutinho falling in there. But I do like their assets. If you don't have a free hit in 37, it makes a lot of a lot of sense to go investing in them, at least one of them this week. That Norwich at home is a great fit to target, and then a double double, but particularly that 37 double. Is is much much nicer. Coutinho is probably the one that I would like most, but it it stretches my team structure a lot. That it would be much easier for me to get Watkins in, I think.
1: Yeah, but I, I'm probably just habits for him. I think oh, just, just, that's uh, true. Say, it may say, depend.
0: <laughs> it may depend whether Manchester City double falls, which we still don't know. They no. still are waiting and waiting to announce it. I have absolutely no idea what they're waiting for now. Um, but if Manchester City don't Dublin 36, I may join you in Coutinho. But the one we have left to talk about is, is Everton. So although they played Chelsea this week, put up a decent fight against Liverpool. They were obviously knew they were going into that game, planning on being outclassed. But I thought they fought and showed a bit of grit and determination in that game. Although some dodgy tactics came in, that was nothing that we weren't expecting going into that fixture. We're 36. They play Leicester straight after their second Europa League tie. So again, a big rotation is possible for Leicester going into that one before playing Watford away, Brentford at home and Crystal Palace at home. So a very nice, a very nice double in there for, for Everton. And again, there are assets all over the pitch that you could that you could go and own. Pickford in goal is cheaper again. They're defensively not being that great, but it is the fixtures that they have that make me do consider him. Defensively, I find it difficult. The centre-backs rotate enough of the time, as do the full-backs, Coleman and no none of these players. It's more an attack. And I think if they're going to win these games, they're going to win it by scoring more goals than the people they're playing against and keeping them out. But I do think that... Gordon in particular is a real one, easier in my squad and will be part of my bench boost. But Richarlison as well would be be the ones that I'd be looking at. I can see there being goals. And if they're going to stay up, they're going to need to win three of those four games against Leicester, Watford, Brentford and Palace because they play Chelsea and Arsenal in their other two. So I think they'll have to score goals. Gordon being on set pieces, also being a very cheap enabler. I think he's really nice. And to be honest, if you're not on bench boost, even in 36 and 37, And you need to fill up the money to go for your likes of Trent and Robertson. Starting Gordon every week is very capable of getting returns the way that I've seen him playing over the past two. The big question that I'm getting asked quite a lot is the other one that we've got is is Watkins that we spoke about. And then Richarlison, it's a lot of people are only finding room in their team for one of them. Everton have that motivation factor, but they're probably a team, well, they're a team less in form or less chance of scoring as many goals, given the way they performed in recent weeks. I'd probably favour Charleston just slightly on the additional fixture of Leicester versus Liverpool and the motivation factor that we've spoken about. They are still fighting right, and it will go until that game with 38 fixture, I think. Depends what happens with Leeds tonight. They could even drag another team into it as well. But I do think that I'd probably go with Charleston, and I quite like the idea of him over those four, especially if Calvert-Lewin is still out. Yeah, he's the one in my sights
1: actually for 30, uh, 36 as well. I just advise, just don't watch any Everton. Like, I don't know if you saw the Leicester game, but he was profligate beyond belief. Like he and Ollie Watkins are both like studies in how to miss a lot in loads of games. There's always been a fixture of him. He has lots of shots, Mo Salah's style, but his conversion is a lot poorer than the likes of Mo Salah. But as you say, you know, he's on the road um, to being that kind of player who could pull something out, especially in that kind of dub- Dublin 37, two home games there. On penalties too, I think that he's probably one of the players that I'll be looking at. Well, he's one of the strikers I'll be looking at. Let's face it, strikers have been absolutely horrendous this year. As I say that, from owning Chris Woods as a captain and not removing him this week. Is it another false dream of player like Richarlison, probably, um, but I, I think that he and Gordon are probably the two kind of standouts for Everson I, I don't really see any justification for any of the midfielders, any of any of the other midfielders. I don't really see any justification for any of the defenders or or, or the goalkeeper. As it just makes absolutely no sense to me to be doing that. But if you're going to get that kind of cheap upside, as we said, if it's going to go all right on the day for a player, it's probably going to go all right on the day for prodigal son Anthony Gordon. Or Mr. Richardson up front with Verg and injured. So, people, Harry, are going to say to us, or probably say to you, you know, you've been saying avoid these players, they're on the beach. And now you're turning around and saying, actually, they're, they're worth buying. Like, what's the logic in, in backing these players?
0: Well, I would say Leicester are on the beach and I will stick by that I think the one and Everton we say have still got motivation they've still got a lot to fight for so they are not on the beach but it is Aston Villa that fall into the they're on the beach but I'm saying buy them and that's the team that it maybe is a little bit more difficult but it is that their focus is still on the league they do have a lot of nice fixtures in there and it's just the amount of fixtures that do have sometimes you just have to play the numbers game a little bit more I'm not necessarily saying you know triple up on them although my free hit draft for 37 that I pulled together today did indeed have three in them but that's because of how nice that double is when it does come to game week 37 of Crystal Palace at home and Burnley at home again it's just the fixtures are so nice if they were difficult doubles I wouldn't necessarily be going after it quite as much as I think I probably will but also it's the last chance that we've got to go and find a bit of ground between now and the end of the season. If this is a game week 28 double and a team that we've got no motivation left is doubling, you might want to look elsewhere because there'll be a later chance in the season to go and find some points. Game week 37 comes around. The teams for game week 38 look pretty similar. Arsenal have Everton at home. There's a lot of good fixtures for the teams that are highly owned anyway. There's not going to be that much ground to be made up on the final game week of the season that really... 36 and 37 is your last real chance to go and do it. And if you've got a player who plays double the amount of fixtures to someone else, although their motivation might not be there, you do kind of just have to hope that you get that you get lucky on the day. And a lot of the other cheap enablers that we're looking at also don't have very much to play for as well. So if you've got two players who don't have that much motivation at cheap prices, you may as well pick the one who's got who's got the additional fixtures. You look at Newcastle, they've got Manchester City and Arsenal. In 36 and 37, you're not really going to want to own any of those anymore. Brighton have got Manchester United and Leeds. A lot of people have probably moved off those. Crystal Palace is the only other one. Watford at home in 36. Yes, it's a single, but before Aston Villa and Everton, both away in 37. But I do like the way that Palace are playing. They have the off off game here or there, but I do think the likes of Zaha, for example, Gallagher, for example, Mateta. But then again, he occasionally gets rotated as we saw in game week 33 would be a bit of a worry, but with Southampton this week and then even Manchester United at home on the final day of the season would probably get thrown in there as well with to add to the sort of other Everton and Aston Villa that I think are probably worth investing in from a sort of cheap point of view as well. Burnley having their double in at 37. Palace and Burnley are two extra teams I've I've thrown in there who don't double in 36, but still probably worth looking out for their sort of enabler aspect. I can't remember from your team if you own or any of those two, but are you looking at them for 37 in particular?
1: Um, yeah, someone, I think someone like Mateta or someone like Zaha could well come in for 37. I, I don't really see much you know, problem with doing that. And um, I think with all of this, like what what strikes me is that throughout the season, we tell ourselves stories that make players seem viable, trying to find meaning in small amounts of data. and. I guess, shorn of this, when we start to kind of say, yeah, actually, it's a numbers game. It's just about the the, the remaining fixtures. And, yeah, you know, we can tell ourselves that throughout the course of the season, this player is motivated for this reason, this player is motivated for that reason. When those structures sort of peel away, it it becomes a bit more dicey, a bit more open to what whataboutery. But you're right, like a lack of time, a lack of options means that being able to kind of just say, well, I know the likes of Burnley, the likes of Palace, the likes of Everton all have loads of games left and we can kind of discern some sort of motivation. Aston Villa don't have any motivation that we can kind of say is clear and obvious in the same way. But nonetheless, there's a lack of time and lack of options. Are you going to be able to read the tea leaves and pull out, I don't know, a Pascal Gross scoring a brace against Brighton at home, against United at home? Perhaps not. Um, But I still think that... throughout the next kind of few weeks as you said it's about maximizing those sort of what we do know and what is in front of us and i guess i was just trying to think to myself before we kind of drew attention to this a few years ago this idea of on the beach i know it's not our, our idea solely but it's something which kind of did come through looking at this um did you ever pay attention to this like over you know, the last few years, did you would you ever would you ever have kind of thought, oh, I'm not going to pick that player because I don't think he's got any motivation left, or is it just kind of an artificial kind of extra story, I suppose, we've put on the end of the season to kind of just help create content?
0: I, I, when I said I'm not sure, I would look at it. I would not necessarily base it. Oh, that team's on the beach, so I would definitely not look at any of their players. I would generally, if there's a player who's continuing to score points while they're doing it, then I think it's okay to go and buy them. It's not something that I think drastically changes my position and the way that I use my transfers. But again, the point I keep going back to when we look at this is, yes, you might have teams that look like they're on the beach, but if they're playing double the amount of fixtures, if you're looking at a double in 26, for example, then over the next five game weeks they play one more fixture and there's plenty of opportunity for the other players to outscore them afterwards so you don't need to just invest for that double but the problem here is if you don't go investing in 36 and 37 there's there's no other opportunity between now and the end of the season so it is that last chance saloon that we have now that you do have teams that have five games compared to others having three games that just make it that maybe some of these rules and maybe some of these other things we have to gamble against them, although they don't have motivation, we've got to go against our sort of gut feeling that they're not going to have too much to play for and hope that in one of those four games or in two of those four games, they, they show up. And although they don't have something to play for, they might play a bit of that free flowing attacking football that we hope to see from the likes of Coutinho and Watkins that could end up, You know, Palace, for example, not having that much to play for, that game could end up being higher scoring, and you just hope that you get, I suppose, lucky a little bit with the players that you buy into, and it it just goes back to we don't have an opportunity after 37 really to make big ground that is worth taking that risk on because of it.
1: Yeah, maybe we like to tell ourselves that our picks are skill. You know, like by me owning Robertson for the last little while that was just skillful, you know. But actually, probably what it is is just as you say, hope. Like, right? and that becomes a lot more lent on throughout the end of the season when the stories that were able to substantiate to some extent kind of fall away. And it is just kind of just hoping it's gonna go all right for yourself. Um, and making those changes um, to set your team up as well as you can. And maybe it does magnify the idea that luck or what the kids call variance, which I'm more and more convinced just means luck it's just a fancy way of saying luck um, goes your way on the day and in terms of that as well setting yourself up, we've spoken about a few teams, Aston Villa Everton, Leicester and we touched on Burnley and Crystal Palace I think we'll come on to them a lot more before game week 37, that's for sure. Um, there are some sort of other questions surrounding how you set your team up for this upcoming sort of period. Um, well, a very short period, but a period nonetheless. Um, Arjan, um and Andy Mack both asked about using one particular player as a piggy bank, smashing this piggy bank uh, to set up your team optimally. So Ian asks if we'd ever sell Kane to get to De Bruyne. And Andy Mack says he's considering selling Kane. As the piggy bank to reach the likes of you know Foden, the poor and Robbo in his setup, is selling Kane worth it? What do you think, uh, Harry? I mean, you have done it. You obviously got Son, so you kept some semblance of it. But in these guys' situations, if it's the sale of a player like that, still got an upcoming double. Got Leicester, who are going to be very much weakened in the Conference League probably my captain this week. Is that a recipe for disaster or a kind of
0: a potentially a wise move if you're enabling all those other players? I think this is probably the number one question that's plaguing the community this week. It's the Tottenham assets who have now blanked against Brighton and then Brentford. And there are a lot of these other assets that we could sell them for that are looking very shiny and looking like they've done a lot of points in the past couple of weeks. I Yeah, I sold Kane on my wildcard, but that was more of a budget thing, to be fair. I quite liked him as an option, and I thought they'd do better against Brentford than they did, and I thought they'd do better than, against Brighton than they did. I personally don't think this is the week that I'd want to do it. Now, what I've said generally and what I think is it does depend a lot on where you are and where you want to get to. Selling the likes of Kane or Son, although they are heavily transferred out this week, you know, Kane and Son being second and fourth in the most transferred out list so far this game week, is still a very risky way to go, given the ownership that those two players combined still do have. We know that... Kane does have history of against Leicester. And then they are having a difficult double, but they do finish with Burnley and Norwich in the final two in 37 and 38 in the middle of Burnley having a double game week as well. So they'll have a lot of players playing a lot of minutes in those. I personally am not planning on selling Son before 35. I'll probably hold Son between now and the end of the season because I'm quite happy with where my rank is. And I don't think Son to the likes of De Bruyne, especially this week with... Manchester City, the amount of Champions League they've got midweek of 34-35 and 35-36 does worry me a little bit with De Bruyne. Now, Pep seems to be implying that De Bruyne will play as much as he can. And then as soon as the game is out of sight, he'll often get that sort of 65-70 minute substitution in order to rest him for the next one. However, just given the fixture this week, I don't think now is the time I would go and make that swap. I think a home fixture to Leicester in between while they've got both their European games sandwiching either side of it. I think selling the likes of Kane or Son before that fixture is absolutely a recipe for disaster when there's a good chance with De Bruyne having the same fixture with Mane having the same fixture sort of schedule with Champions League that those guys could end up on the bench that I just don't think it's, it's the week to do it. If you want to do it before 36. If, for example, the Manchester City double goes into 36 and you look at the Tottenham one and think that's really difficult and I don't think they're going to score very many there, fine. But I don't think this is the week to be going and doing it. Personally, unless you're chasing, but I still think it's a bit much.
1: Yeah, I think that you're going to probably see Kane Zio be pretty high this week. I think especially as we get closer to that Newcastle game for Liverpool and people begin to kind of think, oh God, get those rotation jitters about Salah. I I can't see anything else but that. I think they're going to wheel out the fact that Harry Kane has got 19 goal involvement, 16 of them being goals in his last 13 games against Leicester, his very favourite team to play. That plus the fact that Leicester are going to be Playing their B team doesn't really matter. It's all about that conference league for them. And also Harry Kane, a second from non-Penn expected goal involvement over the last six games amongst all outfield players. I mean, yes, he's not done a goal for quite a while. He's not actually done a goal since game with 29. Incredibly. And um, since then, his, his seven goal involvements have all been assists for that son fella. But nonetheless, he's due. No, I'm not going to even begin to go down that route. Um, but I still think uh, Andy and I, uh, that, if you do do that it's going to be very painful for you potentially if i mean if you do have son sat there as well as kane like if you're you know one of those sort of legacy teams that had that kind of uh, made hay from that and has just had a couple of weeks of kind of a fallow period then maybe that would make sense but i mean i think i just struggle to justify selling kane right now and it feels a little bit it feels a little bit difficult, even though I can understand why, in Andy's case, you know, buying City players could be something which could be on the agenda.
0: I agree. If I had both Son and Kane, I still don't think I would do it this week. The only other one that I probably would sell is Kulisevsky. He's not had the same sort of explosive returns that you do see from the likes of Son or Kane. He is good value. So if you do want to hold him, then that is understandable and he's probably not a priority sell but if we are looking at the likes of Coutinho from Aston Villa, Gordon at Everton looking at the likes of I don't know Palace as well if you want to go to the likes of Zaha, Gallagher even well probably those guys that we've mentioned throughout then I do think Kulisevsky to these makes a lot of sense whereas I wouldn't move on Son or Kane but Kulisevsky, I would be more happy to get rid of this week I think. I feel like you just
1: be less annoyed about how returning if you sold him, then Kane. I mean, throw in, obviously, Caps and CEO. Yeah. It's, it's a self-flagellation sort of thing. Um, I think Andy did sort of mention Robertson um, a little bit in his question. And we had a good question as well come in uh, from Jack, uh, uh, my friend, our friend, uh, Jack FPL, or F- FPL underscore, underscore Jack, sorry, um, who asked, which one would you prioritise over buying in Robertson or cancelo this week? So obviously a big week for Robertson. Um, with the second goal of the season, I believe it was. Uh, nodding in at the back post, His only shot of the game, so obviously a fair element of luck involved in getting that return. Uh, but nonetheless, he has been very consistent. Liverpool's defence has been very consistent. Whereas Man City annoyingly uh, conceded the goal this week, um, which may dampen the Cancelo train a little bit. I mean, Jack also asked as a follow-up, is Cancelo really worth 1.1 million more than the Port, who I own? Um, I mean, Robbo or Cancelo first, Harry? I mean, obviously Cancelo and Robertson both have got midweek things on their minds, but
0: nonetheless, if you did have to kind of make an A-B choice, where would you go? So I would put Robertson above Cancelo just because the attacking threat is there more for Robertson than Cancelo. I think we've seen that for quite a number of weeks. Cancelo's attacking numbers have not been great from an actual return output point of view. He's very good for bonus because of how involved he is in terms of passing the ball around, but he's not had the same level of attacking returns. He got one against Liverpool, but he's not nearly the the, the output that Robertson is having. The way he gets up the left-hand side and is that man at the back post, yes, This game, it looks like he got lucky, but if you add all the half chances that Robbo gets over the season, you do expect him to come up with a couple of goals here or there based on the amount of chances that he gets. So I would be favouring Robertson over Cancelo. And actually looking at the numbers a lot of the time, if you are on a wild card, Robertson over Trent is something that a lot of people would consider. And I think he's only had five bonus points since game week 15. I think I heard that on a podcast. Apologies, someone listening knows I haven't quoted their podcast. And I think it was the above average FPL podcast that they were saying it on, that he's outperformed Trent over that time. And Trent's not being that good. So Robertson over Trent, Robertson over Cancelo. And the other part was, would I go Laporte or Cancelo? And again, I'm just not sure the money is worth it there on Cancelo compared to Laporte. You were easily... I feel like I'm just as likely to get Laporte header from a corner as I am Cancelo scoring one of his 20 yard shots that he seems to fire past the post every single game he plays in at the moment. So if you've got them, I don't think it's needing a sideways transfer at all. But I do think that the cheaper options in both of them, although these premium defenders all offer great value for what they can return, I do think that the likes of Laporte for 1.1 million less and Robbo for a similar amount less compared to. Trent and then a similar price to Cancelo is probably where I would go now. And it would help you spend the money a little bit more elsewhere. So I'm going for the cheaper option in in both, both scenarios, I think.
1: I I share that on Robertson. Um, Obviously, I I got him and Trent a while ago. And I think it is actually a bit of an intellectual block that we all have around Trent, or most of us do anyway around Trent, that I would never be able to counsel selling him. I think there's a lot of kind of collective scarring surrounding selling him on that Leicester game when he got 24 points and a lot of us had sold him because he wasn't going to be available for that game or it looked like he wasn't going to be. And... um, the proof yeah. in the pudding, really, when it comes to Robertson, um, in terms of how that's gone. And in terms of the City boys, you're, you're right, too. I mean, I went for port over Cancello, reasoning exactly what you said, that I think that I'm likely likely to get a header from Cancello, just as likely to get a header from port. Than I am, Cancelo scoring from 50 yards. I probably, yes, they're more likely to get an assist, that's for sure. Cancello, like, more likely to get kind of a nine point game rather than a six point game. But for that one million difference, I think that that probably is um, a risk that I can probably take if I'm covering, inverted you know, commas, Man City's defence and having that for one million to play with. I mean, Cancello's more integral to help sets up than Laporte and um, Lots of acco, lots of Stones could come in for, for Laporte every now and again, whereas Cancelo is a lot harder to kind of, um, the role he plays is more difficult to replicate in Pep's system. But nonetheless, I, I still feel like for 6 million, I'm happy enough on where Laporte is. But if I could have avoided Cancelo, you know, if money was no object, then I'd, sure, definitely. Um, and this week, uh, just to answer Jack, I'd agree with Harry that Robertson's probably the one i would be bringing in over Cancelo. See what happens, obviously, in midweek.
0: Yeah, the only thing there is Cancelo suspended midweek, doesn't play in the first leg of the Champions League. Um, mm, so he has a week off. Whereas Robertson, we know how much Pep loves sorry, Klopp loves to talk about their fixture congestion that they play, I think, what Wednesday I and then that Saturday new, morning. Yeah, is the only, uh, yeah, it's the only thing. I think between now and the end of the season, I would still go Robo and take the gamble that. It happens for you this weekend. But there is that, that slight bit of risk on on Robertson about how many minutes he's going to play against Newcastle. And it may depend on how they do against Villarreal, right? Because if they go and put two, three goals between the two clubs going into that second leg, then you'd expect that maybe Simakas gets the game in the Champions League, for example, which he's very capable of doing. But that's my only concern is this week, the rotation risk of Robertson away at Newcastle. However, I don't think Newcastle, I don't think Klopp will look at that and think that's an easy game for them. Given the way Newcastle are performing in the recent weeks, I can just see Klopp pushing and pushing that Liverpool team between now and the end of the season and Robbo, Trent, Salah, Fabinho, Thiago, Van Dijk playing every single game unless they are at the point of breaking. So I would... Even with that risk in the back of my mind, still favour Robertson, just because I don't think he wants to run that risk at all. He's got to keep the pressure on Man City.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the only one I maybe kind of say if you want to make make do like the, the Laporte to uh, the Cancellos, maybe have a look at Matip actually. He seems to be the man who's playing in the league um, versus uh, Canate being the man who's currently being played in the Champions League. could be worth a shout and definitely up there for corners and things like that. And also the odd Antonio Rudiger-esque foray from the defence. Right, just to wrap up a couple more questions. Uh, Barats asks, what cheap mids under 6 million um, are we interested in to end the season with? I think we mostly covered that, to be honest, um, with the likes of Gordon, the likes of KDH being thrown in. I don't think there's anybody else around that sort of price point unless you're kind of looking at uh, uh, your man Odegaard, Harry, for example, he's still going to be playing every game. And um, maybe the likes of, you know, uh, Martinelli would have figured highly on this list, but at the moment it's looking like he's missing out because Nketiah, um doesn't really compliment him, which could mean Smith-Rowe is worth a shot as well. Um, but there's not really too much there, is there?
0: No, Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, I find so difficult to invest in unless we get news that Saka is going to be out for a while. Because I think that although... Smith-Rowe and Nketiah seems to work better together and Martinelli and Lacazette was the favoured pairing. It doesn't mean that when they're playing a hectic fixture schedule of three games in a week that Martinelli's not going to come in for Smith-Rowe for one of them. The three real cheap ones that we've got, we spoke about, are Ramsey, Dewsbury Hall and Gordon. Gordon goes top of the list for me, followed by Ramsey. Yep. Just given the, the fixtures and the rotation that I am expecting for Leicester and the motivation for for Everton, puts them in in that ranking for me this week. But no, we've spoken about them. And once you go slightly more expensive, the sort of 5.5 up to... Seven million price bracket is looking pretty empty, actually, at the moment. You could look at the likes of Zaha we've spoken about. We Also, you know, if you don't have Saka, I think he's the standout one as long as he's fit. But if not, you're probably looking at needing one of the cheap ones in the likes of Gordon, who you can play every week, and then moving up to the likes of Foden at slightly higher price as well. But yeah, Gordon would be the big one. And I think he's better than practically any other midfielder that you can buy up to about the price of six and a half.
1: Yeah, I mean, come game week 37, the likes of kind of Ezzy, the likes of, you know, Elisa, you could come back into the fold a little bit. Um, but based on where we are now, I think that that's completely fine. I mean, maybe you might see, I don't know, obviously, I don't really wish injury on anybody. We might see an injury occurs in Leicester, which means that, you know, Lookman, for example, could become of interest to us. But as it stands, yeah, it's really scant pickings. And going with those sort of bargain basement picks who are likely to play anyway means that you then have special cash to pump elsewhere for your team. Barrett, so I think that, that kind of is where I go as well. And the final kind of questions um, are around Chelsea, Harry. So our friend Sim, uh, see what i done, uh, says stick or twist on Chelsea Asset. Assets. And Frio Girl asks, is Reese James worth keeping? Obviously, first is still to come. Um, but with that in mind, Harry, I mean, I set up this week thinking um, I'd need a minus eight to buy a Chelsea asset. And I'd need basically what Alonso did to happen for it to all kind of make sense. So I didn't do it. Um, obviously, I now feel a bit annoyed that I didn't because obviously I could have sold wood for a minus eight. I could have sold... Um, uh, you know Martinelli for a minus eight and I would have been able to justify it with, with Alonso so it's one of those things that annoyingly just hasn't quite, quite happened in the 50-50 but I also felt like in game week 36 I want to get rid of my player because you're basically looking at a single game for a Chelsea asset that week as we said last week Um, so I was trying to keep it minimal with Chelsea this week in Havertz and I could well spin him off this week as I talk about in just a second. I mean, you said earlier on about, you know, potentially keeping Alonso and stuff um, and uh, Sim asked you we stick or twist with him, stick or twist with Jerry James, who you've also got. I mean, where are you on your beloved blues at the moment?
0: Yeah, so they were real flavour of the month going into game week 34 and it's now very much the time that we knew going into the week that we would buy them, we would want to sell them. What I would say generally is wait and see what happens against Manchester United because if you have a Chelsea player who in theory doesn't start that game, I would say they're going to start against Everton because then we do have a free midweek afterwards. So if the likes of Werner doesn't start against Manchester United and Pulisic is given the game or Ziyech, for example, then I would again keep them... James, for me, is a hard and fast sell, I think. Again, it will depend on what I see against Manchester United. If, in theory, he's on the bench or he's touch and go for the United game, and I think there's a decent chance he plays Everton, then again. It's just the minutes that I think maybe they're going to get there. But generally, I think going into game week 36, Kai Havertz will likely leave my team. And then I think it was originally going to be Alonso, because I thought Rhys James would be slightly more nailed, but... I think it will be Reese that goes because as soon as we're in a position where sort of top four is absolutely guaranteed, I can't see him being risked more than maybe once or twice in the league. And then that FA Cup final him playing no more than that, because there's absolutely no risk and, running his injury worse than it than it is at the moment. So Reese James, for me, is an easy sell. And I think some of those other defenders that we've spoken about, Cancelo Laporte is the number one that I'll be looking at. So Reese James Laporte is definitely one that I'm looking at, whether it's this week or whether it's next week, it will depend on whether I think Reese James will start against Everton. If you can go up to Robertson, I really like that. Cancelo as well, if not, then down to Matty Cash would probably be the way I would go with him. And then the likes of Kai Havertz. Mason Mount Mason Mount looked much more lively against West Ham than Kai Havertz did. Again, let's wait and see what happens against Manchester United. Try and predict how many minutes they play in 35. But when it comes to 36, I can't see any of those players. That we've just gone through starting both of those games ahead of the FA Cup final. So those would be hard and fast sells for me going into 36. That I think they'll probably start Wolves at home. It's okay. I think all of them will start one game in the double. So if you've got them, it's not too dreadful a scenario. If you've got other things to do that you prefer to do and you're happy with your Chelsea players starting Wolves at home, then it's okay. But I think a lot of us chasing the doubles, maybe having a spare transfer here or there, I think looking at the likes of Aston Villa in attack, in defence, Manchester City, if their double does go into 36 is the way we'll go. So I'll probably end up keeping one, but if you have a chance to sell all ahead of 36... I can't see any of them playing twice going into that week. You've got Havertz planning on moving him on, you say? Coutinho, the one that you're planning on bringing in?
1: Yeah, I think so, Harry. Like, I, I've got a plan in my head for what my 37 bench boots looks like. And I think it does major on these teams that, yes, are likely to be jokers, slightly less motivated, but hopefully, in terms of their setup, a bit predictable. And I need a to move a few players on to get to where I want to be. I've got four players I want to get rid of. Luca Dean is still limping on in my team, somehow, who's third, third bench. Uh, I've got uh, Chris Woods to get rid of. I've got Breuer to get rid of. Points Dodger. And I've also, I think, got to have us get rid of just because I think he's effectively a single game weaker for that week. And also effectively, um, I can free up a little bit of money uh, from selling him. So just enhance the other positions that I've got here. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of rotation um, going into 37, by the way. I wouldn't be surprised because those European ties for the big teams. Um, if we had maybe one of our Liverpool men playing out of our three, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see just Trent um playing out of Trent Robertson and Salah, who I've got. I wouldn't be surprised to see rotation hit Man City as well. Um, I, I just wouldn't be surprised if we're digging deep into our benches this week. So I'm happy to take a hit. And I'm looking, um, at, in terms of the players that I want to bring in, I may well end up kind of bringing in Coutinho for Havertz this week just because it frees up like a little bit of money. And probably be doing to bro for Brozier just, just because, again, that kind of, secures them at their current prices and means that the next stop, which is getting Richarlison and a defender in for Dean. So yes, Dean is going to limp on one more week. Second bench um, is going to... It, that's how it all comes together. Because I think if Pookie rises by... Point one, or if there's a kind of a bit of a price change anywhere, and um, then I get priced out and things get a bit annoying. And I've got to look at like something Dennis or Gel Pedro or something like that, and um, which I did not really want to do. So, yeah, I think it's looking like Coutinho will be in this week. I could be, I, I, I could. Turn around and think. Oh, you know what? Screw Pookie, I'll just get Dennis in. Um, but I quite like. I I've kind of prefer Norwich's fixtures and how they're looking at the moment compared to compared to Watford. So I think I'll be going there. And captain Harry Kane, hundred um, percent. I think uh, no, this is such an easy game. I'm sure he's in a blank, but he looks like the one I'll be getting. Um, Putting the captaincy on.
0: And you? Yeah. So don't like how you're insulting. Watford so much when I have triple Watford in my team luckily one of them (laughs) finds himself on the bench in Jao Pedro um but yeah Robertson Trent James Cancelo Alonso Havertz Salah Son Saka Dennis leading the line starting Foster over Schmeichel Foster yes Watford been bad but Tottenham away for Schmeichel just means that's just the way I'm going playing the fixture there I do have an okay bench. I've got sat first sub and Jao Pedro second on my bench. Jao Pedro didn't start the last game, but he came on pretty early, sort of 65 minutes when they were chasing the game, which makes me think he still relies on him for a bit of goal threat. He did miss a good header chance against Manchester City, so I hope that he might come back in and even start one of the two in the double. The same that I probably expected from an Inketia pick, which was the other options I could have gone with on my wild card. But again, I am a bit concerned about the rotation that we've got. Saka, I'm hoping, is back available. Kai Havertz, James, Alonso, Robertson, Trent, Saka, sorry, Salah. It could be a very messy week in terms of rotation. I've got an okay bench to cover a couple of bits. And if I think that one of those defenders or James in particular is not available for Everton, then I'll make the move to Laporte this week. But I am, in theory, hoping that I might be able to roll the transfer this week. Yeah captaincy, yeah. captaincy is on Salah. I'm torn. If I had Kane, it would be Kane. I just didn't love how wide Son was playing in the past couple of games. It hasn't filled me with a lot of confidence. Um, if I had Kane, and especially if you're chasing, I think going Spurs captain over Salah is a really solid move. If you are chasing, it's one of the more straightforward but good EO sort of aggressive moves that you can make because I still expect Salah to be the most highly captained in the sort of top 100k this week so i like kane a lot i don't know if i trust son quite as much um but maybe we'll see if we hear anything or what we think of salah about whether i move it across or not
1: yeah we'll see how it goes
0: cool all right um relatively quick pause today for you all
1: Um, i think that's probably your your lot
0: cool yeah i hope you have enjoyed yeah talking mainly about 34 Six thirty-seven, 37, and how that can potentially impact our transfers this week. Although, like a lot of you, I'm sure you are potentially looking to roll your transfer. Um, but when rotation hits, we may have hoped that we have made a few of those extra transfers this week instead. Thank you all for listening. We were Who Got This list, and we'll be back recording next Monday during the Manchester United-Brentford game. What an exciting one that could be, given the way that those two teams have been performing over the past couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I'll be very sorry to be recording during that one. I'll be joined by FPLTT, who's absolutely killing it. Um, I wasn't sure about c- confirming him on the pod because he did, he did advise me to buy Chris Wood. So, um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I kind of thought, yeah, we'll have him on. as a, so That should be really good fun. Um, in the meantime, speak, speak soon. And yeah, all the best for those who are hoping for a Chelsea explosion versus United. I mean, lads, it's United. You should be able to smash them. Stay safe. Speak soon.